here, 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 what is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, Jonathan, and Brandon, and boys. Holy cow. UFC 281. We're going to talk about it, boys. And new. John, cover your ears. Then, boys, we are going to spin it forward and get you ready with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Vegas 65 headline by Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Then we're going to do a little game. I'm going to quiz these guys in the nickname game. Mm. Going to see how many fighter nicknames these guys can get right. And finally, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA. But first, boys... I will say off top, not very confident in Brandon going into the nickname game. Brandon, uh, some of these nicknames are gonna they're 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 older. Some mm-hmm. of them. I couldn't go with too recent because you know mm. I couldn't say like the Nigerian nightmare, which yeah. is Usman. There you go. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. It'd be too easy. Mm. I do feel like I threw a couple like recent ones in there if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna find out, Brandon. <laughs> it's gonna go really good or really bad. You ever heard of the Velveteen Dream? <laughs> the Velveteen Dream. Um, John, did you bring your box of tissues today? No. Darn. I'm a grown-up. Mm. Boys, I... Yeah. I, this... I can't... UFC 281, man. Honestly, we need to just get right into it. There's so much to get to, so much to talk about. Um, so right off the bat, John, let the people know each and every week what we ask them to do if they're listening to this podcast right now. If you're listening right now, two things. One, thank you. Uh, another thing, if you have an iPhone, we need you to go to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, leave us a review. We just read one recently. We'll do it again. You know, We're not afraid to read these, no matter what you say, even if you hate Brandon. Um, but also, if you're on Spotify, you can leave us five stars. Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast. TikTok, Neon Belly Podcast. Instagram's been going really well for us. TikTok is going well, and we've been posting exclusive stuff on there and in our stories. So tune in and bigger things to come. Bigger things to come indeed, but not as big, boys, as UFC 281 last night. Madison Square Garden, New York, New... Wait... New York, New York. I almost yeah. said New York, New York City. <laughs> Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Uh, did hear 13 UFC fans bitten last night outside of Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. For those wondering, keeping count at home. But boys, the biggest fight happened inside the arena and new. <laughs> Alex Pereira defeating Israel Adesonia via fourth, fifth round TKO. Boys. Five minutes to become world champion, you have to go finish this guy. Yep. Was the last advice given to Alex Pajeda by his corner going into round five. Two minutes and one second later, and he is world champion. He did just that. This is one of those fights that I think I told you guys last night, you almost need 48 hours, I feel like, to really process uh, what we just saw and everything that comes with it, that goes with what happened last night. Um, yet here we are. Right at about 12 hours removed from this title fight um, that I think is going to be remembered for a very long time. And I think the only way to start this off is with John. <laughs> Take it away. Let us know your thoughts on the fight and how it all went wrong for one of the greatest mixed martial arts champions and fighters we've seen in the last mm. decade. 
Well, the fight uh, and show was, some excitement, please. Right? Uh, yeah. So like the fight was really. Cool. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, but it, it was. I mean, it was an amazing fight. Uh, I was just telling you guys, I had trouble sleeping last night because my adrenaline was literally pumping the whole minute of every, every second of every round. You guys even said, like, I can hear you breathe, and I was sitting over there. I didn't even know what was going on. Time John, slowed down. John's sitting there like this the whole fight. Right. <laughs> I'm watching every single moment, every punch. I'm trying to like. I was. I was locked in. Um, great fight. Izzy looked really great. Uh, I thought it was probably one of his better performances in terms of aggression, utilizing different forms of his toolbox, mixing in grappling, using that clinch really well. And then, you know, kind of like with the Leon and Usman before is when you have certain people with a level of power, you drop your guard for a couple seconds and that's the end of the fight. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I thought Izzy was really close to finishing the fight in the first. Alex recovered really yeah. well because he was... I mean, five or ten more seconds in the first round and Izzy wins. Right. I mean, it easily. Uh, second round, Izzy gets the takedown. Alex gets back up. Izzy gets another one and is hitting him hard. Bell goes off again. Israel Adesanya's first UFC takedown. So. Really good control. I mean, yeah. he, he controlled that wrist and was able to land some big shots. Um, was Pajeda's takedown in the third round? Because he had a really nice takedown. Second. At the end, yeah. I thought it was at the end of the third. I think it was the second. It was okay. the second. I think we saw it 1-1. One, one. Okay. So Izzy did the takedown stuff in the third then because the okay. second is when uh, Alex got the takedown. Um, I just thought it was interesting because going into it, everybody was like, who's going to be the one to initiate the ground and both guys in this fight mm -hmm. uh, scoring takedowns. So. Right. And then um, you know, as the fight went on, they, they're hitting each other. Alex and Izzy kind of admitted it in the press conference. Alex landed some really good calf kicks that kind of... Yeah, he said he hit it. Hit his perennial nerve. Yeah. yeah. And he said it was early, too. So the way he was able to mask that, good for him. Because right after they announced the winner, Izzy was visibly limping, had um, some trouble with that. But, you know, once you, when you get, he, when every time he got corralled against the cage, it got really dicey. And um, if that leg was compromised, his ability to move out of the way gets compromised. And he kind of was trailing against the fence and got caught with a huge left that it, yeah. It rocked him really hard. I Brandon, mean, I'm just seeing so much sadness, and this is getting sad. This is like a <laughs> eulogy. Uh, Brandon, let's kick it over to you. Okay. <laughs> because, I mean, what we saw last night, you know, you cannot undersell what we just saw. You know, with, with everything going into this fight, um, what were your thoughts, you know, just kind of right there at the finish and the ending? And I mean, even talk about the stoppage. A lot of people kind of taking some issues, suggesting that maybe Izzy uh, should have been allowed more time. Izzy in his post-fight last night said that he was okay with it, said he talked to his team. He, he kind of trusts those guys' opinions, and they all agreed. Fight definitely should have been stopped. You know, not much more he could have done there. I mean, it's not like in the first round when he caught Pajeda, right, there was – it was the end of the round. You know, there mm -hmm. was still like two and a half minutes left in that fifth round where, right. I mean, the even it almost looks worse in slow-mo when you see like how out of it he kind of was on his feet there. Mm -hmm. Personally, I have no issue with the stoppage, especially when you see it back. I think it was actually really good refereeing. Yeah, um, no, he, he wasn't really defending the strikes. He no. was kind of moving his head, sort of, but he was still getting tagged up. And then, like you said, there was enough time left. How many more of those shots does he need to take? Yeah. It's like, okay. <clears throat> You know, so good on I the. I think ref. even Joe Rogan had suggested a guy like Pajeda too, like the knee. Imagine if he, I mean, because yeah. Izzy was just kind of dangling his head out there. He's like, he could have just ate a nasty, vicious mm -hmm. knee. And the thing is, is we want to see Izzy fighting for a long time. Yeah. you know what I mean. And it's, there's no need for him to just take more, yeah. more punishment there. Izzy so, did say he wished. Uh, he said bring back Steve Mazzagatti, and he would probably still have been <laughs> yeah, champion. It's a good point, and that was yeah. hilarious that he said that. Yeah. Um, I think Dana said it best, honestly. He was like, this is just straight out of a movie. Yeah. Like, with that last, the last second corner work for Pajera. Like, man. 
I think that was awesome. But as far as Izzy, man, like, I do want to say, I've been kind of rough on Izzy as far as his performances as of late, but this one was, this is what I was looking for, yeah. man. Like, I really do feel like Alex brought that out of Izzy the same way Kelvin Couldn't did. agree more. Um, and I just really, like, that's what was, you know, exciting about Izzy. That's when he was, you know, bursting onto the scene, and that was what I feel like is, you know, tough loss for him, sure, but the best he's looked, the most yes. fun he's looked, so... I really don't think it, it was too much of a loss for. I mean, it was hit. It was a big loss for him. I get that, but again, I just, I was really. It was a fun fight to watch. So um, I'll watch that one over and over again. But uh, so I'm glad to see that kind of come out of him, out of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, the stoppage was good, and uh, he, he just hits hard, man. So I said last week, you cannot yeah. with somebody like that. You just have to, like John said, you have to be perfect for 30 minutes. Yeah. You can't just chill for two minutes there. Yeah. Just takes one left hook, and, and that, and I think you just said it perfect. And I think that's kind of like in, in all this mixture. Like, like I said, guys, less than twelve hours removed from this fight last night. I still don't think we've even any of, any of us have fully processed it yet, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm in this weird thing where it's it is so crazy. But then I also think about Izzy's performance, and it's like you said, Brandon. This is what we've wanted from him from so for so long. I mean, it was entertaining. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting here today thinking that fight was boring, you don't understand the sport. You don't understand anything i mean mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to tell you if you thought that was a boring fight because a lot of people thought it would be that going into it this is a high level chess match man and both guys going for it the whole time you can tell how bad is he wanted that win mm -hmm. um and i don't think we've necessarily i think he's i mean obviously he wants to win every time but you could just see i think like you said it, it brought the best out of a man and he did everything that i thought he was going to have to do to win he used mixed martial arts mm -hmm. man utilizing the takedowns utilizing the clinch against the cage could you argue, yeah, maybe if he was a little bit better in those areas that maybe this fight goes differently? He, yeah. He did say that the the perennial nerve issue kind of caused a little bit of lackluster grappling because sure. he wanted to show some stuff there, but he was a little less mobile. Well, he, I thought even when he had Pajeda against the cage a couple times and he was kind of going for that high uh, high C, you know, and he was he was trying to lift. And I'm like, man, that's a big, heavy dude just to be mm -hmm. trying to lift like that. West where it's like, you know... Um, if he kind of switches off to a single leg there maybe and tries to like, you know, uh, pull him down you know that way utilizing mm -hmm. the cage it just i feel like there's some other if he just added a little bit more tools to his box there but i will say when he had Pajeda down on the ground looked really good on top mm -hmm. landed some nice ground and pound uh, had a couple really decent transitions down there so um did yeah, a good I mean, job of dragging him back down every time he started making mm -hmm. his way up to yeah. the cage i do wish he would have went harder for the hooks because Peta was kind of just leaving his arms out and not protecting that neck at all mm -hmm. um i would have loved to see yeah. him attempt yeah. some of that because but i think when you learn something new and you start getting good at it, like maybe that wrist ride that he was able to do controlling the wrist and passing it off, maybe in his head was keep doing this, keep doing this. Well, and I and to give him some credit, because I, I do kind of wonder if he was just thinking this in there is I don't I'm not gonna sub this guy, whether it's, you know, lack of knowledge, you know, whatever. I almost wonder if he was just like, let me just be as heavy as possible to make mm -hmm. him work to get up. Cause he was yeah. basically just hate like laying on his back. And I think, you know, like in wrestling, you know, that's a big, you know, you don't, you never let somebody just stand up. Right. You always mm -hmm. keep weight on them. And yeah. I, and I don't know if it was as much as like, maybe he just didn't want to sub him as much, or it was just, I feel better about just making him work. Cause Pajeda was noticeably getting tired at that point in the mm -hmm. fight as well. And I think Izzy knew that. And it was like, if he's getting up, I'm just going to make him work as hard as he can to get up. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I just can't also sitting here today, like I, you kind of alluded to it though earlier, but the shades of Edwards and Usman, you know, just with the last minute KO um, and also just like in their last kickboxing match, right? This is exactly mm -hmm. what Izzy and, uh, and Pereira's last kickboxing match was. It was Izzy 
basically coasting to a victory, what looked like a unanimous decision victory, and at the last minute, Perheda knocking him out. Is it safe to say that maybe Alex just has Izzy's number, man? I mean, you know what I mean? It's just I can't help but sit here because we've talked about stylistic matchups within this division moving forward for Perheda, and it's like maybe there's not as many favorable matchups for him as it is he, but it's like, mm-hmm. it just me is he like his boogeyman? You know, just, he's, it's just weird. Yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. Um, cause you know, when you, you, there is some people in the UFC, like when you talk like a DC with John Jones, where he just can't get over that. Um, I think about like um, Jose Aldo and Frankie when Frankie was still kind of at the top of his game. Like there's certain matchups that just are really tough to get by. And it sucks too, because Izzy had such a great performance up until that, um, it wasn't like a quick knockout like we've seen some of the other fights for Alec. Um, and Alec gets a chance to learn a really good lesson on his holes just against somebody at Izzy's level. If Izzy's able to grapple you to that level, you know some of these other guys. So it's a big chance for him to learn going up into the rematch. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Izzy definitely has – you can take some notes from this, but so can Alec. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the rematch. I think the biggest difference maker, and I didn't go back and check and see how tall everybody was that Izzy's fought mm. up to this point, but I do think that Alex just being so much bigger oh, than everyone else. Oh, he looked so much bigger. He just looked fi- like physically thicker. He looked tall. I mean, he wasn't taller. They're the same height, right? I think he's taller. No, um, he looked taller to me. Well, but I, I mean, think, as soon as that fight started, we all three, that was the first observation everybody made is, holy cow, they look a weight class yeah, difference. Yeah, and this, there were there were points in that fight where Izzy got hit and we don't usually see him get hit like that where it seems like mm. you said you know like he didn't it didn't seem like he even saw that coming um the so kick, I kick that there was that one kick was at the same s- height no they're not <laughs> according to the stats I mean yeah, yeah but there's they're not there's yeah. not yeah but the, that kick yeah it was like I don't think Izzy it just like like you could tell it really genuinely shocked him that he got kicked like, I don't think he thought he was in range mm-hmm. yeah I think and I do genuinely deep down think Izzy is the better striker but I think yeah, Alex. I would just, agree with that. I, I think has an X factor with the power. Yeah, yeah, the power, and he's good enough, and he's big enough. Is he just not used to those kind of problems compared to the rest of that the landscape of the division? And it just, yeah, I just think that is what it is, man. And that's what's nuts, man. Like Alex becomes the UFC champion, just his eighth mixed martial art fight ever. Only four of those in the UFC, making him the second least experienced UFC champion of the modern era, just behind Brock Lesnar. The fact that he did that against a guy like Israel Adesanya, who has made a career off of not just striking, but counter-striking. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he couldn't withstand that over five rounds, you know, if eventually a guy like Alex finding his chin, which, once again, you know, we all kind of said, you know, maybe the kickboxing match, there's not much to look into. That argument was repeated by several people this whole week, not just this podcast. Maybe there was, maybe, you know, clearly it, that's how it kind of played out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we saw Izzy attempt to go for the double champ status at the light heavyweight division, and he failed. And I think, you know, a lot of people were, like, at the end of it, like, yeah, you know, he tried something, it just didn't work, no big deal. Um, but ultimately, how do you think this loss is going to affect uh, Izzy, Izzy's legacy and just how people remember him in general, you know? Because this is at his weight class. Um, it is against a guy who has had no not even close to the experience of any of his past opponents mm-hmm. um and a guy who he's just honestly never beat me i'm just even like i said when you go back and watch those kickboxing matches the first one you could almost make an argument is he did win it mm-hmm. the second one is he was winning until he got knocked out this fight scorecard showed he was up 3-1 he all he had to do was survive the round and he wins it's just like i just can't help but think this guy just has his number man mm-hmm. but how do you guys think this is going to affect the overall legacy of izzy because like i said 
we're sitting here and it just, I just can't keep reiterating the fact that this guy is probably the best and has been considered the best for almost the last decade of the last decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. You're talking about Izzy in that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how does this, like, what does this do to his, you know, legacy? Cause, cause it's, this isn't an, and like, and I guess kind of giving more depth on that is this isn't an Anderson Silva passes prime. That's getting knocked out and, and, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like this is a guy very much in the middle of his prime and, mm-hmm. and he just lost to a guy who just has really, I mean, I'm not going to say no MMA experience, but definitely hasn't, doesn't have the experience that Izzy does and definitely hasn't faced anybody anywhere close to how good Israel Adesanya is or the people, the level of competition that Izzy has faced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it is interesting. I know obviously matchups make fights, um, you know, stylistically things change. Um, and for Izzy, I mean, he bounced back from the yawn loss, so it'll, we'll just have to see how he looks in, in a rematch. Um, I mean, he's lost in kickboxing and boxing, and he's still been able to go on and be very successful in the other things that he does. So it'll just depend on the adjustments he can make. But as far as, like, his legacy, I think what we've seen with Usman and, and Izzy both is that there's, like, an Anderson Silva curse. Every time, because Izzy was about to tie Anderson for the win streak at middleweight. Yeah, good point. Um, Kamara was going to tie Anderson for the longest win streak, and it's, it's like meant to be. <laughs> Anderson is just the goat, I guess. And there's no way you can uh, catch up to him. But no, I, I think you know it'll it'll just be interesting. There's such a high level of guys at this point in the UFC that you might not see anymore. Sixteen fight win streak, seventeen fight win streak. So it's it it'll just depend on how things look. As we look at this in 10 years of what happened in the landscape, is, is has anybody going to be able to go on even a streak like he did with seven title defenses? Because there's so much competition in every division now. Yeah, I think a lot of the question, answer to that question depends on just the future, right? So, like, what does it mean if Izzy rematches and wins? What does it mean if Alex wins the rematch but then goes on and loses, like, two to or Robert three? Whitaker. To Robert Yeah, yeah. To not like the Weidman. I, you yeah. know, what if it is just that Alex has Izzy's number? Right. You know, I, I, that, I think those things matter a little bit because then it, that just plays into the loss specifically. You know, I, I don't know. That's a tough one to answer right now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kind of spinning it forward now, you know, the rematch is pretty much a foregone. I mean, it's going to happen, I think. Um, I, I don't see Pereira facing anybody else. You know, other than Izzy next, Izzy deserves that as well, especially if he wants it. Um, so kind of what do you guys think? Because I, I had kind of mentioned last night, you know, I almost think a rematch almost even favors Perheda even more because, like I was telling you guys, is this is going to give him another six, maybe six to eight months, depending how long they book it, to get better at mixed martial arts and, and to look at this experience where he was taken down and he did have some moments that weren't so great and get better in all mm-hmm. those areas. I can't help, you know, reserve the right to change my opinion. I just, when you look at this matchup, now there's nothing that I saw last night that makes me think Israel Adesanya cannot beat Pereira. There's nothing there. I mean, those guys are neck and neck. I mean, you know what I mean? They could fight 10 times and there could be 10 different outcomes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with guys flip-flopping on the wins there. But I just think a favorable matchup for him is is Izzy, and I think even a rematch more so because he is going to now have more time to just keep getting better at this sport. I think with the rematch piece especially, because if you look at Izzy's rematches, and the only ones I can think of are uh, Robert Whitaker and um, Vittori, um, he didn't look particularly great in right. the rematches. And so I'd, I feel like, historically speaking, 
that's again going to favor Alex, and Alex has rematched him. This is this will be fight number four, right? If they rematch, technically, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, Alex has a lot of time in there with Izzy. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. what can Izzy really do to to make it a you know more favorable fight for him? I guess improve on all aspects of mixed martial arts. I think. Well, and I think the flip side is, and I think we seen it last night with how good Izzy did look. Alex is even though he does have that the mental side of having the wins and the power, he's also a really good matchup for Izzy because he's aggressive and Izzy was able to use his countering and set up traps and and use be more aggressive on his side because he could read him and react to him whereas it might not have been happening in previous fights before. So I do think it becomes interesting, but it'll also just depend on if mentally, you know, this does something to Izzy to where he feels like it's all oh, this guy's got my number. Yeah, that's a tough. That's an interesting question. Like you lose to somebody three times in a row. Yeah. One of those in mixed martial oh, arts. Oh yeah, the mental. You, yeah. yeah, and that's that's one of my favorite things to talk about. So I, and I'm sure Izzy too, with just how much he plays into that side of things and kind of paying attention to his followers and the sport. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, he's thinking about that. Oh. A thousand percent, and and I do want to give him some credit today as well for how he handled the loss. I think I think he was very graceful, um, very respectful, and 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 just you know that dude, he he is a true champ. And I think one thing that I also like, it just kind of as this week went on, that maybe I haven't always given him credit for as well. Talking about Izzy is. I do think he is one of, if not the biggest stars in this sport um, and and in the UFC. And I think he delivered on that. And the fact that he was even willing to take this fight, you know, it just speaks to him. And, you know, even Dana kind of talked about it a little bit of like he just doesn't say no to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of guys that would probably say no to a guy like Perheda who mm-hmm. they've lost to doesn't really stylistically match up well for him. You know, I mean, there's just so many different reasons for him to have said no to yeah. this. Lack of fights, lack of there's experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he just doesn't care. Like, because he is so in tune with what fans want and what, and what makes big moments and stuff like that. And and so I do want to give him so much credit for that, for even taking the fight and then how he's handled it just here mm-hmm. in, you know, 12 hours, you know, since we've been removed. I I just think he's been all class, man. And, and, and that just, to me, is so, so awesome to see. And, um, Credit to the new champ, man. Yeah. Here we go. The Alex Bejeda reign begins. Boys, John, come on, dude. What? <laughs> this is just sad, man. Like, I felt like we were what? just talking about somebody passing. You're, like, almost crying. No, I'm just... I said what I said. I'm proud of Izzy. He had a really good showing. Mm. And we'll see what happens in the rematch. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Kai Kara France? You want to sneak that in, maybe, before we move on <laughs> no, to the we'll co-main? Talk, to, we'll talk mean, about Dan geez. Hooker. <laughs> yeah, got that. Boys, the co-main event... Zhang Wei Li defeating Carla Esparza via second round rear naked choke. Boys, what a dominating performance by Wei Li. And I think it was about what everyone thought it was going to be. Wei Li was too much on the feet and too strong for Carla to hold down. Um, Whaley was able to defend takedowns really well and the one that Carla did get credit for Whaley did a great job getting her hips back um, and just getting on top um, into that crucifix position which then led to the uh, the the finish there which the finish itself was fantastic <laughs> if you didn't see it um, I mean just a very unique I would say um, it was uh, a crucifix it, on her back yeah it was like almost like a yeah she was on her Whaley was on her back but had Carla was like Laying across her chest in the crucifix position, and Whaley finished that guillotine one arm. Rear naked choke. Or, excuse me, rear naked mm-hmm. choke with one arm, which 
one arm real rear naked chokes aren't impossible, but I couldn't imagine with gloves on oh, and in that position how hard yeah, she and how tight her, her right arm over, and then this is the hand she secured it with. So yeah. it wasn't even easy in the sense of oh, I'm gonna have my choke hand be the one yeah. closest to her neck. Like it was, and I cannot believe this. I can't imagine the strength oh. just to finish something like that. Um, and and like I said, so and, and even in a position there where you know as soon as she did it, DC was like, oh, Waylee messed up. You know, she kind of got a little too high there when when Carla took her down and she tried to flip around for the back. So she was able to adjust into that crucifix position and find that finish. Go ahead, Rhea. she she went for that crucifix position a few times. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was genuinely a mistake. I think that she was game planning for that a little bit because mm-hmm. she put herself in that position at least twice that I can remember. Um, and I. Per, just from doing enough jujitsu, it's not a very successful position to be in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the fact that she was able to finish it on a re- strong wrestler like Carla, right. man, just really speaks Carla's to tough. Yeah, that just really speaks to the evolution of Wei Lee, man, and her ground game especially. Because I didn't particularly expect a submission like that. Um, I thought it was going to end on the feet. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I will give Asparza a little credit, man. I, I you jab know, was jabbing. She was landing some <laughs> nice little shots early on the feet in this fight, but but you know, ultimately and especially when that second round started, Whaley just too good and just mm-hmm. completely on a different level. Um, so, boys, that now leave this is this now uh, puts Whaley uh, for the second. This is going to begin. Excuse me, her second title run. Uh, we got Rose. We've kind of talked about in the past few weeks with this 115-pound division. You got Rose Namajunas, Amanda Limoges, Jan Shaunown, and Jessica Andrade, all potential next opponents. Worth noting, she does have a win over Andrade. Mm-hmm. Never beat Rose. 0-2 against Rose Namajunas. Mm-hmm. Amanda Limoges just looked really good. Um, obviously, we talked about knocking Marina Rodriguez out. Jan Shaunown not looking too bad herself against Mackenzie Dern. What do you guys think is going to be next? Or I say the first title defense for the second reign for Zhang Weili. What would you like to see? I would like to see Limoges. I think mm. Weili Limoges is a great matchup. Can, do you, is there a more deserving contender possibly? Um, but to me, that's the matchup that stands out. I just can't help but think I wouldn't mind seeing Rose. I don't. Yeah. I don't see just because she's never beat her. But she just came off a loss. She's got to at least get and a And that win. is tough. Yes, you're right. And, and it... <laughs> I don't know, man. I just... It's happened. I get that. Yeah. Like, we've seen people get title shots off losses, um, but... I, I just do. have this feeling we are dif- dealing with a different Zhang Weili. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she's tasted defeat. She was kind of starting to be billed almost like in a Valentina Amanda Nunez-esque title role there. When, and during her first, you know, run, like, nobody's going to beat this girl. And then she ran into Rose, right? The mm-hmm. th- Rose, you know, the head mm-hmm. kick that just changed everything. Um, lost the rematch as we know but I just feel like since then she's just improved and she's only gotten better and I just feel like let's just get the rose one out the way man I just I don't know I just wouldn't mind seeing it I like I like Amanda I think Limoges is a really it's interesting because she is so strong and we've seen Whaley get knocked out so what happens when you get against somebody else who can do something equally and is vicious on the ground with her jujitsu and I do think that the thug rose fight could probably happen but I think I bet you're gonna see it. I mean, I don't know if you'll see it next, though. I bet you will. I don't I know, bet, man. Yeah, I bet they're gonna do. Um, I bet they'll do Limoges, Shoutdown, and um, it, maybe Limoges and Draj. But then I think for a number one contender, I just have a feeling, man, because they do Limoges Rose. I, I just feel like it's just kind of like the Max Holloway thing, man. I just think it just doesn't matter when they lose, how many for the just, division. I don't want to see that next. I yeah. want to see some of these people like an Amanda who's worked really hard to get to where she's at. Sure. And some of these other ladies, because, you know, for so long, these women divisions have had 
a champion who dominates and maybe one contender who just struggles to ever beat the champion. And now we're fighting, we're starting to see multiple contenders, and I'd like to see that keep. I'd like Whaley to prove that she's a new Whaley by, you know, beating like a an Amanda and some of these other people to where it builds up a little bit better. Because right now it's only one fight. Is it one fight or two? Oh, two fights removed from losing to Rose twice. Yeah, sure. Boys, the next fight, Dustin Poirier defeating Michael Chandler via third round rear naked choke. Boys, this fight, as advertised, um, literally had everything, including a Chandler first round drop to a knee moment. Uh, Brandon, talk to us about this one. I mean, yeah, what, what, which what, was fight of the night? Didn't win yeah, fight, of the night. Uh, fight of the night. Deservingly, they, they talked about it in the post fight pressers. Everyone, we should have just gave these guys their checks before they even yeah. fought. <laughs> um, kind of what we expected. I mean, it was just carnage. First round, first round, yeah, bonkers. Very back and forth. I think that was when Chandler got dropped, right? Yeah, first round. They both got hurt. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he he had Poirier completely stunned. Poirier even said in his post fight, you know, if he would have thrown straight punches, yeah, as opposed to so he probably would have got me out. Um. I forget how the first round ended. So it ended. Um, it, it to, I I had the feeling at the end of it that Poirier kind of snuck. I thought Chandler was winning that first round, and then that's when right at the end is when Chandler or uh, Poirier dropped Chandler yep. and was all over him, and mm-hmm. it almost looked like he was going to finish him there. Yeah. Um, so I kind of gave that first round to Poirier for that reason, yeah. but could have went either and way. And he completely busted. Uh, Chandler up from what I can remember mm-hmm. yeah. and then the second round was all Chandler yeah, so Chandler cool. goes out gets a double leg yep. and is just all over Poirier could have been a 10-8 round yeah, for yeah. the whole mm-hmm. second round third round starts and then it's pretty back and forth you see the most ridiculous high crotch lift from Chandler from the dumbest position like it shouldn't have, no one no. else can probably do from that like Dustin, Dustin was completely sprawled hips yeah. back I mean just you can't do anything else to defend it's a high crotch and there. it there's uh, Chandler dumps him the wrong way, <laughs> yeah. and then Poirier takes the back, and then sinks in the finish, and then that's all she wrote. Um, it was a very back and forth fight, um, and then Poirier came out with the submission at the end, um, as advertised, and a little interesting at the end or um, with this post fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Poirier very upset, um, yeah. even in this interview in the uh, after the event, saying that uh, Chan- he thought Chandler was a dirty fire with fish hooks blowing his nose on him, yeah, um, back of the head punches in that second round. I mean, lots of stuff. So, and when they showed the replay, because like when he said the fish hooks thing, I was just kind of like, I didn't there no. And then they sh- they actually found it on the replay, and it did appear like yeah, it looks- Chandler was fish hooking him yep. to try to get that rear naked choke um in the second round during mm-hmm. when he was on his back so yeah john you can talk about it too but just an insane fight um what'd you think yeah i, I mean um who, who's had a tougher first five fights than michael chandler like ever mm-hmm. like it's yeah, a good point uh and, and maybe you know that fish hook is a desperation of i need a win here because i know we talked about how you know not that he's i don't think he's in danger of getting cut because he's way too exciting mm-hmm. and there's way too many other good matchups with him even lower down in the <clears throat> division but you know there's desperation there you know he went for it I, I think that i said it last night i feel like the difference between them two is literally just dustin is more calm when he's going for a finish and he he calculates that. Whereas Chandler, if he hurts you, he's running full speed at you and throwing yeah. a thousand looping punches, kind of like what Dustin was saying. And it just, the guys at the top, he's just not getting them out of there with that. And he's giving people a chance to come back. I thought the Gaethje fight was more even and it could have went either way. But with somebody like Dustin, you just can't give him those opportunities. And then, you know, messing up on that dump and then getting your back took. Yeah. I mean, there's certain people you just can't do that against. And it's the guys that he's facing, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I feel like the second round was him trying to win the fight. Like, yeah. you know, the first round. Should have done round, that the third. Yeah, the first. Well, I think he did. He just, you know, it just, just lost the scramble, you know. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I felt like the first fight he kind of fell into is like, like I'm going to be fun and exciting and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then in the second round, it was like, okay, I'm going to win this fight. And then even, like I said, he tried to carry that into the third, just made a mistake and it happens. But yeah, it was really rough. I, I mean, I kind of had some things, you know, questions about Chandler last week. And, you know, I think even since last week, kind of thinking more about it, it's like, you know, it, maybe and maybe like how I was saying like you know Chandler was brought in here to win titles and championships and I'm sure he still wants to but maybe that's not his motivation maybe he's just like hey I'm 36 years old whatever he is I'm just gonna make as much money be as exciting as possible because I'm telling you right now I don't want to see him go anywhere Mm -hmm. I want to see him continue fighting I don't care who he fights next give him anybody you you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying like because it's never going to be a dull fight it's never going to be a boring fight he's super fun um and if that's and you know and that's what I had kind of even like once again kind of you know critiquing my criticizing myself for what I said but it's like yeah he probably will be remembered forever for that you know just mm-hmm. he's always fun man and and just yeah I just I couldn't imagine getting the call from the UFC like hey you're fighting Michael Chandler it's like well pack a lunch because you know what you're <laughs> right. in for you know what I mean like you hear the guy's name and and it's just like you know I'm not saying Gaethje and Dustin are not capable or don't ever have fun fights but when you see this guy every fight he's in, it's just a pattern. And it's like, that's Chandler, man. That's mm-hmm. not, I mean, these guys have to be willing and capable dance partners and they all are, believe me, but Chandler's leading that dance every time, yeah. man. And he's fun and he's must see and keep going. That's yeah. something he's said since he's been in though. Like I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for sure. a good time. So yeah. I like that and, and that's fine. And, and, and I think that's where I was like last week, I was kind of looking at it as like, you know, this is the UFC. You should be wanting to be a champion, but, the more I thought this week, it's like maybe, I mean, like I said, I'm sure he would love to be champion, but maybe that's not his motivation now. He just right. wants to be fun and fans love him. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I mean, and he, he deserves that, you know? And he's been a small adjustment away from being a champion. Yeah. And beating yeah. champion level, yeah. pal, like fighters like a Dustin or a Gaethje. Right. If those, if there's a one small adjustment, whether it is utilizing more wrestling or, sure. you know, getting out of the fire a little bit earlier, he probably, he might be a champion with two defenses at this point. Like you never right. know. I mean, that's just how this game is. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and I'm not saying he's not capable of right. being a champion right now, or he's not at that level. Cause I definitely think he is, but you also look, you go back to his fights, and there typically are little mistakes every single time. Right. So I do think when you start to add those up and those start piling up, you do have to look a little bit into that where it's just like, well, maybe, you're, you know, that, that's just not you or whatever. But I did think in that second round he was like, I need, I'm need, i going to win this fight, you know. But um, I wonder if in his mind, though, like if, if he takes every fight with that approach, that's not the most exciting way to win, right? Exactly. So. And even how he won that second round <clears throat> you know some people think in 10-8 mm-hmm. it was with the takedowns right and he was just on top of Dustin and, and that's not an easy thing to do against a guy like Dustin either so that just tells you how good Michael Chandler mm-hmm. is um, and, and how good his wrestling is and all that stuff so yeah I just I don't know it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Chandler next um, you know I'm seeing today some Eddie Alvarez talk you know Eddie's a potential or he is a free agent and Dana saying last night they had he has talked to Eddie um in the last week yeah um, but he kind of alluded to you know we're looking it doesn't for, make sense we're looking for right. younger guys who want to come in here and win but belts. you can't tell me Eddie Alvarez like Chandler I don't care how old he is you bring him in those two throwing down it would be a fun right. fight to watch here's what I want to see Chandler McGregor that's a possibility too, but I think mm-hmm. that's gonna get. I think Gaethje's gonna get McGregor. If anybody yeah. at fifty five is getting him, I feel like it's gonna be Gaethje. I think. I think if McGregor gets his pick, that's probably how it's gonna go. He would pick Chandler. No, he take because Dustin is or Justin isn't gonna take him down. 
Yeah, Chandler but, yeah, will. but Chandler gets dropped every fight. He does, but I don't think I don't think Connor if you're if Connor's hand picking, he wants the guy who's gonna stand in front of him, I feel like. Mm. Yeah, but I feel like Gaethje's way more durable. Maybe. I mean he's been he's been in some wars too recently. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing because here's the thing, we don't know Chandler could get to that nine to eleven and just dog everybody. And it's like, well, we kinda have to give him those sure. guys. But maybe like a Gamrot who's coming off of a loss Ugh. at number eight. That'd be fun. Or, you know, there's Demir. You, anybody. I mean, I like you said you could literally give him anybody. Like that's what I'm saying. Like right. I'm just sign me up for Chandler to yeah. keep fighting. I mean, Grant Dawson, just <laughs> anybody. Yeah, throw him throw him Chris Dawkins. I don't care. You just throw him anybody, maybe. you know. I'm I'm here for it. But we kind of alluded to this last week, and it's like, what the heck do you do with Dustin Poirier now? or whoever won this fight, but we now know, obviously, Dustin won. Um, you know, Islam Volk, now official, with a date that John's going to have for us in the news, but with the champ seemingly tied up for the first part of next year, what is next for Dustin? You know, I think, given the wars that he's been through, I wouldn't mind seeing him kind of wait for Islam, um, even if that means we don't see him until mid 2023, or, yeah, next year, sometime maybe in the summer. Um, but I will say... Him versus Benny Dariush for a number one contender match would be everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but only if Benny is down for it. Because I also think if you ask me right now who is my number one contender, it's Benny Dariush. Yeah, right. Um, and um, obviously, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't protest if they did say, like, you know, we're giving Dustin the shot next. But given the fact that he is 0-2 in his last two title fights, I just wouldn't mind seeing him get one more win. Mm-hmm. Once again, if... if if Benny's down for it, let's go. But you know, if it has to be against somebody else, it has to be against somebody else. But I, if you had, if you ask my opinion, I don't think giving Dustin just the winner of Volk Islam is the right move. No, no you can't. Know. You can't pass Darush. And I think, you know, there are some some interesting guys. Um, you no, know, I don't think Fizeev has a fight right now. He might be somebody who'd be interesting for like yeah, a Dustin. Yeah, no, because he was supposed. I think Fizeev and Gaethje were being rumored. Yeah, and then and now I, it's Gaethje's, like not happening. Sounds like Gaethje. I'm so, telling you, I think Gaethje thinks he's getting McGregor. Right. So but. if Benil wants to sit out and wait for his title shot, maybe you do a Dustin and Fizeev or somebody like that. Sure. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I just, to me, it just whatever happens, especially if it's for a number one contender, um, Dariush has to factor into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And you still have. It depends on what Oliveira does too. How fast he wants to come back. I didn't think about Oliveira. That's a good point. So there's some interesting matchups there for sure. I don't want to see, man, that's tough because I don't want to see Dustin Oliveira again. Mm-hmm. No. So like you know, if Benny's like, oh, I'll wait for a title shot, and they're like, well, I don't know. I can see Benny fighting either of them, Oliveira or yeah, because he hasn't fought either. But one I do. Them. But yeah. I still think he is the most deserving. Maybe that's the move. Then give give Benny his pick between them two, and then yeah, maybe whoever doesn't interim, get picked interim. Yeah, but dude, I also wouldn't be mad if Darius just waits. Yeah, I mean, I think he deserves. He's like a nine fight win streak. Mm-hmm. Like if he wants to wait, he can wait. And then maybe you do just do Oliveira Poirier in Brazil, Rio, that Rio card or something. I don't know, um, but well, it, they tried to set up. They tried to tweet out that Oliveira was fighting Fizeev in Rio, and Oliveira responded like, "Hey, I need some time off. You know, sure, I'm, I'm taking a rest." And Fizeev was like, "Yeah, man, for sure, you deserve it." So I don't think you're going to see him there. But I mean, you know, March, April, who knows? I do agree. Yeah. Any other thoughts mm-hmm. on that, boys? Right. The next fight. This is a tough one to celebrate, but it's not Chris Gutierrez's fault. We still have to give him his due. Chris Gutierrez defeating Frankie Edgar via first round flying knee. Holy cow! <laughs> you see him literally jump. Jones. <laughs> Headshot done for Frankie Edgar, boys. That's it. Um, 
wow, that was just violent. It was tough to watch. I didn't mm-hmm. even want to watch the replay. Um, tough little end of the career. You know, obviously Frankie betting on <laughs> just keep him jumping. I can't bet. Did you do it again? Uh, okay. Him, uh, you know, Frankie going out like that is really tough, you know, especially for his retirement fight in Madison Square Garden, how he wanted to do it. Um, there. It is what it is, man, though. That's his sport. It just, unfortunately, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. But Frankie, just always and forever a legend. And what mm-hmm. he was able to achieve at 155 pounds, a weight class that he probably should have never been Probably competing at, let alone a champion in, and mm. what he's done and how durable holds the longest uh, fight time in the UFC, like just right at eight hours of octagon time, which is just crazy. Especially like we were talking about last night, you consider some of the wars that that dude was in over that little run. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is no denying, man, the end of his career has been pretty brutal. Yeah, especially yeah. with knockouts and and on the receiving end of some pretty brutal. Highlight his his last three recent knockouts have been some of the scariest I've probably ever yeah. seen. With the Sanhagen knee, the Cheeto kick, this knee, like it's tough, man. Um, I was telling you guys last night the BJ Penn one was tough because he was getting like battered and stuff, and this is yeah equally tough, but just on a different side of just seeing him laid out like that. Oh, and just doing that like where they're like really seized right. up and like and, and, oh, and so rough. And it's so like I said, rough, at, at one time you could have hit him with a baseball bat and he yeah. was going to keep fighting you, but that button gets pushed enough times and it goes away, and we've kind of seen that at this point. But I'll tell you what, man, I like Chris Gutierrez. Ooh. That dude is fun. He is a savage, um, and. I don't think this was a, well, he did it against an old Frankie Edgar. I think Chris Gutierrez is literally somebody to watch. Fast. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he was noticeably quick. Yeah. He gives off a lot of Cheeto energy to me. It's going to be fun. being real violent, um, taking, you know, what life's gave him and, and caught to this point and taking full advantage of it. And, yeah, he's he's a tough matchup for a lot, a lot of people. Boys, Dan Hooker defeating Claudio Poyes via second-round TKO couple body kicks there um this was not a good showing for Poyes um you know despite some early success getting to Hooker's knee uh, getting his A game off what Poyes won which is we talked about it last night he's he's a leg lock more specifically a knee bar guy um but once um once that didn't work, he had no plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, and Poyes is a guy, you know, we were talking about too, like especially I think he needs to start, you talk about like somebody like a Chase Hooper like we did recently, he needs to start defensively with his striking, I think, and then build off of that a little mm-hmm. bit. Brandon, you brought up a great point, just get some takedowns. Get you know? eight, <laughs> eight, eight, <laughs> got to learn from Ryan Hall and some of the, like yeah. you can't, yeah, that's a good point. you're only going to be able to Uminari roll so many times before you're going to get caught. And, yeah. And, <sighs> Dan Hooker's not somebody you want to be in a position to where mm-hmm. you have nothing to offer him standing up because he is a yeah. sniper out there. And, and you know, and, and Poyes, yes, that was a big jump in competition for him as well to face a guy like Dan Hooker. But, you know, Dan Hooker kind of made that look pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Dan Hooker, he's been in some leg lock positions in previous fights, and he just is very stoic. I think he's mm-hmm. got genuinely good leg lock defense. And, uh, yeah, but as soon as Poyes wasn't able to get that going, it was, you could just see it just downhill trajectory. <laughs> Just, I just keep thinking of Randy. Like that video is gonna come out. Jumping, <laughs> and it's a good win for Hooker to see that where he's at. You know, you had these a, a lot of really tough sure. fights in a row. Now you know, hey, at this level, this up and coming guy, I know I'm. 
I'm able to make it look easy with him. Now build on that and keep going up progressively instead of trying to jump up and fight the number two yeah, guy or sure. go back down a weight class again. I think this is where he needs to stay, and he just needs to build off of this win. Hanato Moicano, boys, defeating Brad Riddell via first-round <laughs> rear naked choke. Um, wow, what a performance from Hanato Moicano here. Um, outstriking Brad Riddell, who I think if anybody thought going into this, Riddell was going to have any success, it was going right. to be uh, found on the feet. Not against Moicano, um, and then obviously eventually getting to the back there and finishing Riddell. And Moicano's jiu-jitsu is, is what he's known for more. Um, but clearly, boys, the striking is starting yeah. to catch up mm -hmm. there. Full camp Moicano is looking The post-fight really uh, speech there was legend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, a little mozzarella. He put a little spice yeah. on that, man. Go go find that on YouTube. I'm sure uh, talking to him about himself in third person, I love it. I like I like Hinato Moicano. I told was telling Brandon and John before you got here last night that I, I can't remember who it was this past week I heard talking about Moicano and they were kind of comparing him to what we saw from uh, Oliveira where had some success at 45 was primarily a grappler but now since moving up to 55 we're starting to see a more complete mixed martial artist with a more complete game and looking better with the striking like we saw from Oliveira mm -hmm. so Look out for Nato Moicano, man, yeah. moving forward. I'm really excited. And get ready, Brandon. Don't jump because Ryan Spann defeating Dominic Reyes via. That's it, baby. First round knockout. What a nasty, Oof. nasty knockout there uh, from Ryan. Superman Spann on Dominic Reyes. Boys, what happened? To Dominic Reyes. I mean, we're talking a guy that arguably some people think was one of the first people, you know, maybe besides the first Gus fight to beat John Jones. You know, a lot of people still think he won that fight, Brandon included, um, but has never, has not looked since that fight. It's just not been. I don't know what that's so crazy to me. You know, I don't know if that's just that fight took a lot out of him. You know, we've we've talked about that before, but well, interestingly enough, the people he's lost to, none of them fought Jones either. What I can remember, he's lost four in a row, and all I can remember is Yan, Yuri, and then Span. I don't remember the well. I guess if we're talking about Jones, yeah, Jones, Yan, Yuri, and Span. Okay, I think honestly, part of it's just the guys he's running into. Sure, man. I think that's a big piece to that puzzle. I think if John faces those guys, you know, that's a, that's a different fight for him as well but um tough loss for me yeah four in a row like that i also think like john said with frankie once that off button gets pushed enough times man it's just it goes quicker and quicker yeah ryan span attributing his success to just training finally what <laughs> i don't i don't believe you can't tell me it's like the level of skill he has with like that with his grappling and even with his his hands, yeah, he definitely trains. But he maybe not have been training like a professional, like how he should. Well, he said typically just train three weeks yeah. for fights. Jeez. I'm telling you what, if that is true, Ryan Span, just keep going. Like let's start training, buddy, because that that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And he's a guy. He's he's got slick submissions. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he's got a nice complete game. It's like just keep building on that, man. Um, really excited to see what's next for Ryan Span. Last fight we're gonna bring up, boys. Aaron Blanchfield defeating Molly McCain via first <laughs> or McCann, excuse me, via first round submission, boys. As impressive as this was for Aaron Blanchfield, this was not a good look for the meatball Molly McCann mm. coming in on some hype. Um, first off, want to give Blanchfield her flowers, though. I mean, that was just dominant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was impressive. Buzzsaw through Molly McCann. Mm -hmm. um, Molly coming in, obviously, with a ton of hype. You know, the barstool deal. But I told you guys last night, this is, you get her out, get her off a patty card. 
where that energy's gone. You get her out of the UK, get her against some legitimate competition here, or at least a big step up in competition. This don't want to bring Patty into it. That's not fair. Who else would be talking about? (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to bring him into it because it's not fair. But that energy's different, man. And you know what? Blanchfield from this area of New York, I think they said from New Jersey. Meatball Molly got most of the crowd love there. Even. Yeah. So even still with that crowd love, man, just there is something when you're feeding off of that energy, though. But um, I don't want to go full, so much on that, though, because, yeah. I mean, I think the big thing here is just how impressive that was from Aaron Blanchfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought I thought Molly was going to let her arm go. Uh, there was a couple times in that Kimura where I was just I, like, oh no, my hand going. was my hand was up like covering her body and <laughs> and like Ash was like, what are you doing? I'm like, she's gonna break it. I can't watch it. I mean, yeah. I thought she was gonna let it snap. Boys, that was UFC 281. John, I'm sorry, man. Hopefully, the second half of this episode, you can... Carlos Ulberg knockout. Yeah, Nego Mary and New. He's eight one. What he's a shot. He's looking pretty scary, man. Yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah, there's your city kickboxing. Defle- Not Kai Kara Frog. Yeah, I got, I got him and Dan Hooker. That's like yeah. the biggest deflection. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. And then the the weird stuff with Carolina with the card where they had to like last minute run in. That was crazy. I've never seen that. They were like switching the scores and <laughs> it was like a when the teacher says, mess. "All right, thirty seconds, and we're taking your test," and you're just like, ah, uh, seven, seven, three, seven. I the very first UFC fight card that I watched was uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale, Nate Diaz versus Manny Gamborian. Or Gamb- yeah, was that his name? Gamborian? So. That was the very first live UFC I watched. And I have never seen anything like that no. since I've been watching UFC. So that was very interesting. It's like somebody turned in their card and was like, oh, dude, I forgot to put my numbers. Crazy. Brandon, before we move on, update us on our scores. All right. So, John, you came away with three points last night. So you're sitting at 63. I Good had, job, John. You deserve a little bit of that, yeah. man. I had three points, so I'm sitting at 77. And then, Nate, you came away with two points. So you have 79. So 79, 77, and then 63. I like it. I like it. Boys, we're going to keep moving. UFC Vegas 65 this Saturday. Number 7, Derek Lewis versus number 12, Sergey Spivak. Boys, for the second time in his MMA career, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, comes into a fight off two straight losses. He's been... um, or it's been a rough year, excuse me, for the former two-time title challenger as he's lost fights to Tai Tuivasa back in February and most recently Sergei Pavlovich back in July. Important to mention as well, both of those losses were pretty rough knockouts. Mm. Uh, his opponent, though, Sergei Spivak, is coming in opposite the form of the Black Beast as he's currently on a two-fight win streak and a winner of five in his last six. His last two wins were against Greg Hardy and most recently Augusto Sakai. Both of those wins were by knockout. Um, this is a very interesting matchup given how both guys' years have played out. Uh, mm-hmm. Both men, obviously, two fights, as mentioned. Both lo- knockout losses for Lewis. Both knockout wins for Sergey. Um, now, there definitely is a difference in talent for both men, you know, in terms of the quality of opposition there. Mm-hmm. But do you guys think there is something in that or maybe telling where both guys' careers may be heading? Uh, because I feel like that's kind of the story going into this, right, is can Derek Lewis kind of defend and stay up here at the top of this division? Because I feel like a loss here for Derek Lewis, coming off the back-to-back losses as we've seen, if he loses to a guy like Spivak, who's ranked 12, it's going to be a... I mean, I don't know where a guy like Derek Lewis goes that after puts that. You, it definitely puts you in a gatekeeper 
you're you're gonna face the you know the yeah. guy trying to get into the top ten or something like that. But just even the difference in quality though, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like how much do you guys put into that? Where it's like clearly we might be seeing a Lewis that's on decline, but in a Sergey that might be on the ascend. But when you look at the quality of opponents, there is a big discrepancy there, right? Right. No, I mean I, I don't. I, who's not getting knocked out by Tai Tuivasa yeah, outside sure. of a champion? Who's not losing to Surreal Gone outside of a champion? And then with Pavlovich, we don't know how we don't know his ceiling yet. But I mean, the guys looked scary. Yeah, I mean, who's not? You know, he, in his career, he's been knocking everybody out. So I do think there is something to that. Mm-hmm. And you know, even looking at Derek Derek Lewis's record in general, out of his his losses and his whole career, he only loses to guys who are sure you know that that top upper echelon. So that's what we'll really learn from this if he does happen to lose. See if that rub keeps going on. The knockouts are interesting as well. I mean, because the one the tie one especially. I mean, he just face face planted. I mean, that was bad. Um, so I got to think, and the way that plays into his game too, I mean, he, he's kind of just one mode, right? I mean, he just stands in front of you and throws. Yeah. So um, I just think, yeah, I, to me, in terms of that question, I think a lot of stock actually is going to be put into the decline, I would say, of Lewis. Just, yeah, those showings in Texas didn't go well for him. Mm-hmm. He's got the knockout losses. It just, I don't know, it seems like he puts a lot of stake into the mental side of things, and it's just not been pan off for him. Yeah, I agree. John, what is your pick for this main event? I'm going to go Derek Lewis, second round TKO. Only hard boys, man. Yeah, that is a big... Yeah. Um, okay, Lewis. How do you pronounce his name? Sergey uh, Spivak. Spivak, right. So Back-to-back back Sergey opponents for Derek Lewis. That's interesting. I'm going to go with... <laughs> How much stock are you putting into that? I'm going to go with Spivak. Um, I'm going to say... I don't know if he'll knock him out. I, I'll say unanimous decision. That'll be five rounds, right? <laughs> yeah, this is a main event. So this is really tough. Um, I, I, this is one where I, I really had to think a lot about this as well because um, I think Spivak, I mean, Spivak has great takedowns. He is actually a great grappler as well. Um, but we've also seen Derek Lewis knock out guys like Curtis Blades where it's like, you can't even say, like, just because Spivak's the more uh, well-rounded or more ways to win, you know, I just, it's so tough against a guy like Derek Lewis, and I I constantly fade Derek Lewis, you know, just because he is so one-dimensional, but that one dimension is just so powerful and so devastating that guys just can't get past it. So, it is so tough for me, but ultimately, I do think the way that he's been knocked out, the style in which he's been knocked out, um, I do think Sergey looked really good, especially in his last win. Um, I have to go with Spivak, but I also feel like there's a part of me that's like, dude, you're f- learn from your mistakes because every time you fade Lewis, this is why you do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I have to do it. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Spivak, man. Um, I don't know if he can necessarily take Lewis down. I, I hope I don't, don't try no God, submissions. God, now I'm like talking myself Lewis out of just it. Gets up. And that's the thing, too. Like, Unless you're when he runs into D.C., yeah, yeah, I could. I I'm gonna go Spivak. I, I think he TKOs him. I think it, I think the TKO is gonna come to the, on the ground. I think he will get Derek Lewis down in this fight. Um, so I will go with Sergey Spivak. Give me second round TKO. What did you you said Lewis by what? A uh, second round TKO. All right, All right. so real quick, let me before you go, Brandon. So we're going to start doing something different, especially on fight nights, where one of us is going to pick a mystery fight where the others don't know uh, what fight you're, we're going to pick for. This is going to be a one-pointer, right? Just a one-pointer. Yep, just just picking need, the winner. Just need a winner, um, and our first one is going to be Brandon. So, Brandon, <laughs> what is the mystery fight? And the key to this is that Brandon's the only one that knows 
what this pick is. So me and John have had no time to prep, like really look into it. I meant to ask you, do you want me to give you kind of my rundown? or do Yeah, you somebody... you, I mean, you can just give a little background, you okay. know, but yeah. All right, so the pick was, this fight was originally scheduled to be on the middle of the prelims, but with the changes, it got moved to the bottom of the main. So we are taking the welterweight fight between Jack De La Maddalena Ooh, versus okay. Danny Roberts. I actually looked at this fight, so I feel yeah. good about it. Okay. So um, uh, currently, Maddalena is 2-0 and in the UFC with two first-round knockouts since his unanimous decision win in the Dead and White Contender Series. Um, he's riding a 12-fight win streak as a pro. The chicken tender series. Yeah, and he's looking to face Danny Roberts, who's 2-2 two and two in his last four, and he's been with the UFC since 2015. Yeah, been around for a while. So, John, what is your pick? Just need a winner here. I'll take for Danny Roberts. Interesting. That is really okay. He's a really good striker. John, are you trying to go 0 for nothing <laughs> this week? What are you doing? Go ahead, Brandon. I'm taking uh, Madalena. I'll say first-round knockout. Well, well, it's just for one point, so we don't oh, need yeah, a method. Yeah. That's sorry, okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I'm going to take Madalena as well. I'm actually going to say submission, and I think he does it in the third round, but we just need the winner there for one point. Boys, before we move on to the game, also on this card, Kennedy and Jekawu versus Ion Kuntalabe, Andre Fiallo versus Muslim Salikov, and Cody Brundage versus Hadolfo Vieira. Nice little fight night card, not going to lie. Salsa um, boys back on there too. Who? The Cortez. Oh, yeah. Acosta. Chase Sherman and Cor- Cortez Acosta. Um, Chase Sherman was supposed to fight Josh Parisian. Um, that fight got canceled last week, day of the fight. So he gets moved with a new opponent to this card. Are you boys ready for the nickname game? Probably not. Let's see. All righty. So, very simple, boys. I am going to give you fellas a nickname. And you are going to tell me who that nickname belongs to. So I have to give some credit for this game um, to... uh, I actually listened to Bilal Muhammad's Remember the Show. And they actually play um, like a mixed martial arts Jeopardy. um, Mm -hmm. Which is actually... We're going to be taking that as well and doing that at the end of the year for an episode. So you can look forward to that. But one of the categories was actually this. And I thought it was awesome. And we've never... I've never quizzed you guys on the nicknames. So I thought... need whiteboards for this? Nope, just going to say them out okay. loud. Um, so, um, let me make sure I got my videos pulled up. Okay, so we are going to start, boys. A little easy here. The first nickname is the Natural Born Killer. Who does that belong to? We will start with John. Um, Carlos Condit. Brandon. Yeah, Carlos Condit. Let's take it to the buff. Natural. Oh, sorry. The Natural Born Killer! Carlos All righty. Here's the thing about this game. What if he just agrees with me every time? You can switch. You can ask. You can just trade and ask me. Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Let's rotate. Boys, the next fighter nickname. Sexy Yama. Brandon. Oh, my gosh. Um... I don't know how to say his name. I don't know. I can't. I don't even know. You're going to take the L if you can't say it. I'll take the L. John, Sexy Yama. Who does it belong to? Um, I'm kind of blanking the full Holy name myself. Holy cow. This was an easy one. Um, <laughs> I'm not feeling good about this at all. Jeez Louise. Is it Akiyama? What's his first name, John? Oh, I can never remember you his first name. You have to get the whole name? I'm going to give John the point. Yeah, that's fair. But we'll play it. What's his first? Okay, I'll go ahead. Oh, sexy Yama! What did he say his first name? Yoshihiro. Oh, Yoshihiro. Sexy Yami Akiyama. A lot of times with those Asian fighters, they just call him like one name. It's kind of weird. But that's kind of what I remember from. But 
I'll take my little point, though. Boys, the next fighter nickname is the American Psycho. John. Stefan Bonner. Brandon. I wouldn't have got that. I don't. I'm gonna. You shouldn't give me a point because I'm just gonna agree with him. Being honest here. All right. Well, we need. We need to. Uh, we need to get a, a race board, but <laughs> we'll play it. The clip. The American Psycho, Stephen Bonner. Stephen Bonner. I, I intentionally had to play the one that was from the Ultimate Fighter when Bruce Buffer, who messes most people's names up anyway, just mm-hmm. called him Stephen Bonner. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we got uh, real quick. So Brandon, you have one point. One, um, two to one, three, three. Yeah, he's because we three. tied the first one, and I got Akiyama. And okay, so yeah, so all right, three to one. So here's what we're gonna do to to avoid this. We will just say one, two, three when you guys both have your answer, and you will both say it at the same time. Right. I think that's the fairest way because I thought this would work better, but somebody ruined my dry erase markers. One mm-hmm. of you two. Boys, the next fighter nickname is the Fireball Kid. Let me know when you both have your answers. I have no idea. Brandon. Dude, I. John. Okay. Three. Can I just do the last name? No, I need the name. Three, two, one. Takiyama Gomi. Takiyama Gomi. I can't remember. I'll give it to you. It's Takanori Gomi. Takanori Gomi. Oh, man. The Fireball Kid. Takanori Listen, this is just going to be like the entrance song thing. Like oh I don't, God, I don't dude. pay attention to those things. Have you ever seen his fight with Diaz? Oh, I'm such sure a I fan. Have. You know, how to look it up. Boys, the next fighter nickname: Semtex. John, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Paul Daly. Sing Paul Semtex Daly. Brandon has won. <laughs> how many more do we have? A couple. Okay. <laughs> this is going to get worse for Brandon. Mm. How many do you have, John? You I have five. Five to one. Brandon, I think you pretty much have to go perfect here. Yeah, that's uh, not going to happen. Boys, the next fighter nick nickname, the Polish Experiment. The Polish Experiment. I need a name in five, four, three, two, one. Nothing from Brandon. John, I need an answer now or you're going to forfeit the point. I have to forfeit. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. Carista, the Polish <sighs> experiment. Szczynski. Little Kristoff Szczynski. K-Sauce, baby. I was thinking of Kristoff, and in my head I kept on seeing Keith Jardine's like, face and body, so I was trying to figure out what the last Oh, not name. the Dean of Mean, baby. Keith yeah. Jardine. Boys, the next fighter. <laughs> the Dean of Mean. <laughs> yeah. The next fighter nickname is Rush. Three, two, one. George St. Pierre. George Rush St. Pierre! So my thought with that one was I might be able to... Because, I mean, everybody calls him GSP. So right. I kind of thought, like, ooh, whatever if they'll remember Rush. You two, know what I mean? Two, out of six, two to six. Boys, the next fighter nickname is the Filipino Wrecking Machine. John has it, Brandon. Five, four, three, two, one. Mark Munoz. Jacob's going to say he got all these two, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've got them all. The next nickname, boys, is The Outlaw. I should know this one. This is bad, folks. They are both looking at me. Oh, disgusted. Honestly disgusted right now. 
<laughs> really? Five, four, three, two, one. Wow, both forfeiting the point. This is gross. And the That's a rough one, boys. I think you both yeah. deserve a loss on that. Boys, the next one is the Irish Dragon. I got that one. I don't remember his last name. Five, four, three, two, one. Paul Felder. Yeah. It was Paul Felder. Don't give him a point. No, I'm not taking it. Yeah, he doesn't give, get it. You have to no, say it. Give me the point. Yeah, you have to say it. Yeah. The next one, boys, we have two left. Um, not that it matters. I, don't, I think Brandon's way out of this. But, boys, the fighter nickname is Ace. 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 Mm. Oh, my gosh. Are you two kidding me right now? Dude, no. John. Oh, my oh, gosh. This was an easy one. Five, I mean, it's, it's easy to have four, the phone and say that. Three, <laughs> two, one. Rich Ace Franklin! Folks. Yeah, you guys both lose. John, you do not win this game. <laughs> the last one, boys, <laughs> is the Tiny Tornado. Tisha Torres. Well, Sorry. you were supposed to wait. Who cares? We already lost. I guess that's true. Good point. <laughs> Tisha! The Tiny Tornado! I'm coming back next week with my own version. We're going to see how Nate does. John, I got like 7 out of 11. Rich Ace Franklin. I never called him. I never heard him called Ace. I just called him the mm. guy who lost to Anderson twice. Mm -hmm. Think of a couple. Right now? John's going to do the news. You think of a couple. You get on your phone and, and quiz me right off the top. Let's mm. get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm -mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. And real quick, as you're looking those up, this is going to be Brandon's one for the people. You can quiz me. Don't go like crazy, because like none of oh, the, now we're setting standards. I That's mean, weird. None of these people UFC were like, won. <laughs> yeah, <the> second <laughs> fight. Yeah, the big Samoan guy. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, John, what you got for us? All right, I'm gonna start off actually with uh, some really big fight announcements. We got two big ones. Um, last night, while we were watching the pay per view, they announced Yair Rodriguez versus yeah, Josh right. Emmett for the interim title at UFC 84 February 11th what a fight man. wow yeah huge fight amazing um, love it love it love it love actually I actually like that they're doing the interim too yeah. because you don't know what's going to happen from this is one super of, fight I think this is one of those rare cases where the interim makes so much sense because with Volk going to face Islam yeah you can't tie up that in that division of all mm -hmm. divisions I agree and I'm also just glad they didn't give it to Max <laughs> pop quiz if you had to say right now yes or no for both of you Brandon while you're looking those up is this one of the rare occasions that I cannot recall off the top when it's ever happened that the interim title may get defended as the interim yeah. title? <laughs> There's a high probability <laughs> you know because who mean? knows what happens with Islam yeah. and Volk. There's so many possibilities. Yeah. Speaking of Islam and Volk, our yeah. uh, other yeah. fight announcement for that same card, uh, UFC 84, in, February 11th. Yeah. In Perth, we have Islam against Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, Great fight. Which uh, there was a little bit of a confusion because one of them I said it said February twelfth Sunday and another one said Saturday, but I think it's a time difference. It'll thing. probably be Sunday there, right. Saturday for us. Um, yeah, but I mean, huge. Yeah. I mean, best super. I mean, we haven't had a super fight in a long time since the Izzy Young. It's what we expected. Yeah, yeah. So huge fight there. Um, some other moving into some other news. We have Dana White in a in a scrum saying that they're gearing up to get out of the apex and travel more, not just for pay per views but also for fight nights. Yeah, I, I mean, wanted can't this. Wait. Yeah, I really wanted this added because I, I I do think you know 
the pandemic, you know, I, I, as much credit as I give to the UFC and Dana White for keeping it going, like this is kind of the last thing in the sport of mixed martial arts. It's kind of like hanging on to that pandemic era, and I'm just so glad to see it kind of move on from that. You know, the 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 apex served such a purpose, and man, what a purpose it was. But I, we there's no need for it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we've seen some guys' careers end at the apex. You know, Anderson, DC, I'm thinking of, and it just feels so unceremonial and and just. And once again, I understand some of those cases, like it was kind of needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just so sick of like big moments kind of happening there and, and stuff like that. Like, I just think this is so massive and to get back out into some of the markets. And I think, honestly, the explosion that the pandemic brought in credit to the Apex for doing that during that time period mm-hmm. to keep MMA going. I think once Dana and the UFC starts getting out into some of these bigger markets and back into, and you know, some of these, yeah, some of these smaller Please. markets too um, for fight nights, I just think it's going to be massive man mm-hmm. so big for the sport so really excited about that and yeah i i hope i hope next year we don't see any apex yeah. fights and i mean and i will say this i love the experience of being able to like, hear the corners and it was cool it was cool yeah, yeah and then yeah. it got real old or it just got stale dude i just keep... didn't have the excitement i mean yeah. remember how we felt for that uzman mazaval the first pay-per-view yeah. back where it's just like this is what we've been it was missing. cool it was different but i just compare it it's like the mixed martial arts mixed martial arts coffee house you only want to hear somebody's acoustic set like once or twice. It's right. cool, but there's nothing like the full band up there just going. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, also, um, I know we talked about the UFC banning fighters betting on fights. Well, coming off of last week's Derek Minner in near Norden Beckin, Norden Beckin, yeah, Shyland Norden Becca, Norden Becca. Okay, yeah, I mean, um, ending in a first round off of a Derek Minor uh, Minner injury. Um, there's a reports from different places where the odds had moved very quickly before the fight, like an hour before. Yeah, um, UFC did make a, a statement saying, like many professional sports organizations, the UFC works with an independent betting integrity service to monitor wagering activity on events. Um, they said they just try to do their best. At this time, we have no reason to believe either the athletes involved in this bout or anyone associated with their teams behaved in an unethical or irresponsible manner. But you know, especially with a fight like that, that doesn't have, yeah. it could have went under the radar if it didn't all just happen so quickly. So I think some of the biggest things that I've seen coming out about this, and obviously we're not here to make accusations or anything like that. This is just kind of what's being floated is one thing that can't be overlooked is that Derek Minner's coach, James Krause at Glory MMA is a handicapper and very much into like the whole betting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I've seen a lot of accusations, accusations this week, excuse me, that, um, People questioning him, like, you know, if it wasn't Minner, you know, was it, it had to be somebody close, it had to be somebody that knew about mm-hmm. the injury, whether it was a coach, Cross family member, somebody, somebody, like somebody knew about that injury. And because they said the way that that line moved, there's just, that does not happen. It moved 200 points. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, somehow that got leaked and put out. So, mm-hmm. it's interesting, man. Like I said, as we <clears throat> just recently talked about them, no longer... Um, doing uh, betting, allowing mm-hmm. athletes to bet, and then two weeks later, this happens. Yeah, you know? and, so, and I think if there's anything foul to be taken from, I don't think it's from the fighters because Derek no, took a beating. It doesn't make any sense. Elbow. Like, you don't want to, I mean, you can say that. Yeah, it's, Somebody knew, hey, he's going to take one shot to this and go down. Right. Like, it's been happening for the past two weeks. And, tra- you know, we talked about, like, TJ's shoulder. Right. Like, it just happens, you know, whatever. But it's interesting, man. I'm, I'm interested to see how they handle it. Mm-hmm. it. And it could very well change a lot of things, especially with the UFC having contracts with different betting, a different betting yeah. site, and then even fighters having their own individual ones. Right. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, the last bit of uh, MMA news I have is Cain Velasquez being granted his bell. Yeah. 
Um, he's going to have to wear an ankle monitor and be um, 300 yards away from the person that um, sure. he attacked. So, I mean, well, shot at. I mean, shot so, at. so that's kind of yeah. like we were just talking about when we started recording. Like, you know, it, it, for, I mean, I think everybody's rooting for Kane, but as a responsible, lawful gun owner, I also don't, as terrible as the, what is being said is happen, I, I don't. And nobody knows how they would react, right? So right. I understand that aspect is like I definitely don't condone opening, f- open firing at some. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it is so dicey because especially you know, you know, not to get overly political on something that has nothing to do with that, but like when you're talking gun laws and the strictness of them, like that type of like reckless behavior with a firearm is exactly what gives people the ammunition to no pun intended there to. To go at gun laws and, mm-hmm. and call for reform and different types of things like that. So it is kind of a dicey thing, but I don't know, man. Because it's like, did he mean to kill him? If those bullets hit, did he want to kill I don't know. You know, yeah, it just, one of them did hit. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying, like, did he shoot with the intent to kill that guy? Because mm-hmm. that's still illegal. Whether we agree, I mean, we all agree the reasons that we're hearing on why he did it are disgusting and horrible. And I'm not saying any of us sitting here wouldn't have reacted the same way. I'm right. sure for your child or family member, whatever you would. <laughs> but it is still, yeah, it's still, still legal. Still it's legal. You can't just yeah. shoot people, right? <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, um, I don't know how this plays out, man. Like obviously, big Kane fan, and I, I don't know. It's so weird, man. It yeah. is so weird. Hopefully he takes this as a chance to step back and kind of adjust his uh, reaction to this. Because, I mean, this doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, just because, he, I mean, now he's out. So he's going to have to, uh, you know, control his yeah. impulses or whatever else is going on. Um, the last bit of news I have I is do, actually, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, I think it was, no, right? It was an impulse. It was just, yeah. I don't think he's a murderer. I don't think he's a killer. It was. And that's probably why was, he's getting bail. And it was reaction. It was a mistake to news, but it could have had lethal yeah. repercussions. And you have all these people, you know, standing up, like get writing up recommendations sure. for him and stuff like he's that. He's a great guy, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not, nothing against his character. Uh, last bit of news I have is actually boxing. Um, with Devin Haney looking to fight Vasily Lomachenko next, there's some mandatory fights, one of them being Shakur Stevenson and Isaac Cruz, but the bigger ones being Errol Spence fighting Keith Thurman, um, Deontay Wilder fighting Andy Ruiz. Winner will get Tyson Fury there. And then uh, David Benavidez fighting Caleb Plant with the winner being the mandatory for Canelo. Tommy Fury missing weight. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I have for the news for you. That's guys. it. Okay, my song of the week. I'm going a little salt and pepper, baby. Shoop. 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 Bad. I know that song. Shoop. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, that means so much. Sing it in the shower randomly. John, what? Well, let's start to, with Brandon. Brandon, let's get this one for the people out of the way. Quiz hey, me. Let's I'm just go. gonna go through. I have two I, girls, two guys. Ready? Oh gosh, the girls. Okay, this is. I don't even like where this is going. Go Gr- ahead. Gorilla. Oh, the gorilla. Uh, that was Liz Carmouche. Yeah, that's good. S- the snowman. Oh, the snowman. It's not Young Jeezy. Yeah. The snowman. I have no idea. Jeff Monson. <laughs> See, like that's not even. Come on, Brandon. What? All right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's not. I fair. didn't give you a Jeff Monson of the world. I, I would have gotten Jeff Monson. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't have the other. Those two are my two ringers. Hit, uh, <laughs> I didn't have the other two uh, screenshotted. So I'm just kind of scrolling through as I'm looking. Crazy right, looking for him, John. What's your one for the people? Uh, went and seen Wakanda Forever. I thought it was a a really good movie. They did a really good job of uh, showing love to Chadwick, and um, 
just yeah, it's a really good one. They introduced some really cool characters. So. Kamara Usman. Yeah, Kamara Usman was in. He did a really good job. Had a couple speaking parts. So did you hear about the backstage stuff with him and Kevin Holland last night? Did not. Yeah. Apparently they got into it. There's some video. It looked like it was between him and Holland, uh, Usman and Holland. I couldn't really make it out what was happening, but I Kevin just kept yelling, you're the actor. You're the one that's an actor. you know. So I don't know what happened there, but yeah, a little bust up. And then uh, Nate Diaz smacking Dylan Danis mm. outside of Madison Square. <laughs> He's okay. just living his life now. His next year should be, there should be fair. Okay. Conviction. Cut. Okay. Gina Carano. Wow, Brandon. dude! Gina <laughs> like, come on, okay. What? All right. Hang on, you She's, can't tell me that wasn't. It's like fair. the third biggest female fighter, dude, who fought like two times. I'm not even gonna get into the. Okay, last one, Meathead. Oh, Matt Mitrione. There you go. Goodness <laughs> gracious! Conviction. You're 50. percent You got an F. The, the snowman, dude. The thing is. Never mind. I'm not even gonna. Yeah, we're not even gonna argue because yeah. I didn't give you one person on that level. Did Mon- Monson never even fought in the UFC? Did he? Yeah, he did it once or twice, I believe. Did he? Not many times. He was predominantly in over. In, uh, predominantly Asia. roided is what he was. Well, that's still fun to watch. <laughs> predominantly <Allegedly>. juiced. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I don't think that was a very fair shot. I think we could very do a little fair. better. I mean, for on the fly, it was fine. Jake was probably gonna get him all right. Any, anything else you want to add to that, Brandon? You're one for the people. Yellowstone's out today. Excited. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have to check that out. I like the Yellowstone. Uh, my one for the people. This Friday, boys, we are heading to old Chicago, Illinois for Bellator. Uh, headlined by Corey Anderson, Vadim Nemkov, Umar Nurmagomedov versus Patricky Pitbull. Uh, two title fights. And then, obviously, the one and only Sean Fallon facing um, uh, Aliyev. can't remember his first name. Not important. But anyways, we're excited to head up there this Friday. Um, any thoughts for you guys heading into it? This is my first, I'll say this is my first big promotion fight. Yeah. I've never, outside of like local regional shows, I've never been to a UFC, never been to a Bellator. So Same. It's yeah. my first big show as well. I also this, haven't been to Chicago since I was like seven. So Biggest worry. Biggest worry? Yeah. Driving through Chicago. Big, biggest excitement? The fights. All right. I would say food, but... <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, this for me too, it's my first big one. It's probably one of the last things I have on my sports bucket list. Yeah. I've been to almost every other type of thing. I haven't been to like a soccer game. Um, but I have been to hockey and some other things. So mm-hmm. excited for that. And then I haven't been to Chicago since we went to the Braves, uh, Cubs game. So it's not changed much. Love Chicago. I'll actually be going back in December. So nice. Bears bills. Let's go. <laughs> That's it, boys. Come back next week, and we'll tell you all about it. How about that? Yeah. We'll tell you about our trip. Brandon. Brandon might not be there. My guess is Brandon's going to end up with explosive diarrhea at some don't, point. Don't you, <laughs> have that Eagles, yes. don't you have that Eagles game next Sunday, too? Yeah, I don't think we're going to go to it, though. The tickets were pretty outrageous. Fair for enough. For a terrible cold. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Until then, peace. See ya.